Well, 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 welcome back to the Matter Over Mind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and Weight Management Expert, Narado Zico Powell. And today I have for you Camille Martin, registered dietitian and public health writer. Today, we're going to talk about dieting and weight loss, that, you know, the, the words that we dare not say, right? <laughs> Goal setting, changing habits, and woman self-esteem. And of course, I have a hack of the day for you, or a hack of the episode, I should say, and is she's going to tell us about the importance of environment in weight loss. And you want to stick around, so she's going to drop some nuances on you that she didn't really think about. But when she drops this knowledge, the aha, that it should like click for you. So stick around for that. And with that being said, let's welcome Camille to the show. Hey, how are you doing today? Hey, Zico. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm excellent. Right before the show, I was, um, I'm working on a new song, learning a new song. So I was kind of like playing and playing and playing and playing. And I I was just having a good time. So right now my voice is all bouncy and I just feel amazing and (laughs) You know, I'm just flowing. I'm just flowing That's right good. now. Awesome. Well, then we'll have a great conversation. And I so appreciate you having me on. So thank you. Well, thank you for being here, Camille. And with that being said, tell my audience about yourself. Sure. Well, I'm a registered dietitian and I'm also a um, public health writer and editor for the CDC. And most importantly, I'm a former chronic dieter. I spent 25 years of my life dieting and failing. So my passion is to help women break free of that cycle since diets don't work. And um, my biggest, biggest mission in life is to get women to start setting and achieving bigger goals that have nothing to do with their weight or what they look like. Because ironically, by doing that, um, you actually, it will help you lose weight. So that's my mission in life is really to help women reach their fullest potential based on all of my past experiences with that. Um, yeah. And that's what I'm really passionate about. I love that. I love that. I've been in this space now for, I don't even know how long anymore. It's just been a long time. <laughs> I can't remember a time that I wasn't. And I'm going to tell you this, the people, male or female, that struggle to lose weight are the people who diet. Yeah. And, you know, it's of course, we know generally, you know, diet is what we eat. So we know that we're talking about the buzzword dieting. Right. Like and one of like, for, for example, one of the biggest mistakes that we make is I'm going to eat good for six days. And then one day I'm going to have a cheat meal. And I tell people, say, if you're if you hate how much you eat for six days and you're just looking forward to that cheat meal, then there are other problems that you need to fix because you're in that dieting mindset. Right. And I know you have something to say, so go ahead and add to it. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, the dieting mindset, that's why diets don't work. It's not because one does work, one doesn't work or high carbs better than low carb and all of this nonsense. The reason why diets don't work is just basically what you just said is that they introduce an incredible amount of resistance. And anytime you feel that resistance, like I'm trying not to eat this, I'm going to cut out carbs, I'm going to force myself to work out every morning. I'm going to do all of these things by force that resistance that you feel in your body. 
um, is going to push you to do all of the things that you normally do to make yourself feel better, like to alleviate that stress. And for me, I'm an emotional eater. I've learned how to manage it, but that's what, why I kept failing over and over on diets because I was building all of this incredible resistance. And then when I, my willpower just reached its limit, I would go and binge eat because it made me feel better. And then I was blaming myself for the dieting failures and then it was just a negative spiral. I would double down the next time and say, this time it's going to work. This time it's going to work because I'm going to, I'm going to have what it takes this time. So like the dieting mindset, it's like, you're always blaming yourself for the failure when really the failure is just your approach. It's not you. It's not that you don't have enough willpower or that you're out of control or you just can't stop eating. It's the whole process and the mindset, as you just said, um, and the other thing about diets is that talking about resistance, they have you, when you diet, you're focused on the one thing that you hate most about yourself. You're, you're, you're resisting your own body. And so when you're in that state of mind of like even resisting, resisting what you look like, resisting your body and all of this self-hatred is just like, the whole thing is just a negative downward spiral and it, it's never going to work. And I'm yeah, that's why they don't work. It's not the people, it's the it's the process. It's definitely is the approach. Mm -hmm. There's a product called Lumen, which my audience knows that I promote and I definitely believe in. I'm also a Lumen metabolic coach. And I love this product. I think it's absolutely fantastic. It, even if they didn't pay me a dime, I would still promote them. I think they're absolutely great because it it trains your metabolism to be flexible where you can burn fat and carbs as needed. And that's a whole nother story I'm not going to get into. But they have about 37,000 people in the group or people who have purchased it and joined the group and ask questions. And um, I go in there sometimes and I help out as one of the experts to answer questions about working out or timing where they should eat certain things and stuff like that. And from time to time, people reach out to me like specifically through Facebook and say, hey, I've been trying this and that. That's not working and so on and so forth. And one of the ladies who reached out to me, she's going to hear this episode eventually because she listens to every single one of my shows. <laughs> and she told me that, look, I've been, I tried keto. I've tried dust. I lost some weight, but things don't work. I'm on lumen, but something is missing. I've done my blood work. It's telling me that I'm, I don't burn fat well, but I also don't burn carbs. Well. What am I supposed to do? And I said, maybe this needs to become a breathitarian or something. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I said, and I talked to her and I started making some small adjustments. I said, you know, I think the, the approach should be enjoying what you eat and then switching your metabolism. So I said, right now you're a slow fat. And this is a, by everyone, this is not any direct advice to anyone specifically mm -hmm. out there that's listening. Please talk to a registered dietitian or your medical care professional. This is just my conversation with her specifically. Right. I said, based on your, what you're looking at, you are a slow oxidizer and you're not, you're also not breaking down carbs though, which is not, which is very rare. Most people are the slow oxidizers or, you, or, you, or you, know, you, that you break down fat well, break down carbs well. It's rare that you struggle with both. But it could have been a lot of times because of all the different diets you've been on over your life. So right. the step one I said is that it's harder to start breaking down fat well versus carbs because humans are born with more amylase than any other mammal on the planet. And it's usually it's typically easier to pick up amylase, right? So I had her, just a short story, short story, 60 seconds more. I had her go on a diet where it's basically kind of keto, but the fats that I put her on were healthy fats. I said, try these fats instead. 
And I, and I also had the timing with exogenous ketones and when she should eat. And I stopped her from working out, actually, because of this. She has an online health issue. That's another discussion. So I said, you know, you're creating a lot of stress on your body. Just focus on making some changes. And within a couple of weeks, I'm, I'll be honest, she hasn't lost any weight yet. But a couple of things happened. And I knew this was going to happen. She said her energy levels are way higher. Yay. And she actually feels hungry now where she's not forcing herself to eat, she wants to eat, right? That's so great. so instead of focusing on, and the weight's going to come, trust me, I've been doing this long enough, I know it's going to happen. But instead of focusing on, okay, just don't eat this, don't eat that. At this point, I can, I just, I just have to eat like carrots, like Bugs, Bugs Bunny or something, because she doesn't break down anything well. <laughs> but if you understand the biology and chemistry and how the human body works, then you can start to focus on, getting the foods that you can actually enjoy mm -hmm. that can help you to preach your goal. Because with her, once she gets to that point that she becomes a faster fat oxidizer, guess what? I'm going to start throw in some more carbs from time to time and time the carbs. So our body starts to pick up the amylase to say, oh, you're starting to give me carbs, good, healthy carbs at the right time. I'm going to create the mechanism to, to break down those carbs. And I'm not going to go again to go through all the recommendations that we talked about because there's a lot of stuff. But just to your point is, not focusing on just restricting, 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 but actually, yes, there's some things you need to get rid of, you know, burgers, fries, we know all that stuff is right, not good food, right. all that stuff, right? However, do you do need to focus on getting the things into your lifestyle or diet that you actually enjoy and can be really good for you while eliminating the things that are not instead of just focusing on restricting? Absolutely. And I love um, what you were just saying about doing it incrementally. Like, I think that's part of the reason a diet mentality fails is that everyone's trying to do everything all at once, all or nothing. Like I'm going to get up on Monday. I'm going to run five miles every day this week. I'm going to cut out all carbs. I'm not drinking alcohol and I'm going to eat, you know, drink green juice. All and it's like, you can't do all of that all at once. I mean, you can, and you might be successful for two or three days, but then you're going to, you're going to give up. Something's going to go wrong. Your life's going to get in the way and you're going to feel like you failed and fell off the wagon and you're going to give up and quit. So yeah, I like what you said about adding incrementally. I always tell my clients add some, well, here's another thing. Don't try to get rid of a bad habit, like take a bad habit and then add something healthy to that habit. So like if you're sitting on the couch watching TV at night and your habit is to get a carton of ice cream and just eat and watch TV, instead of saying, I'm not gonna do that anymore, sit down with your ice cream, it's okay. Bring a thing of blueberries with you and eat some of those first or in between and you'll it'll it jolts your brain into something, it jolts you out of that zoned out state that's you know part of a habit is that you're not noticing it because you've trained your brain to do it without thinking. So when you do something different like that, that's a great way to just sort of switch your mindset really quick and say, part of the problem with emotional eating is that you're, you're zoned out. You're, it's a checkout. It's a total fill up and like you're out, you're not even paying attention. And then all of a sudden the ice cream's gone and you're like, what just happened? Where did the ice cream, <laughs> where, what happened to all that ice cream? It's gone. So yeah, if you add small steps, small healthy behaviors is way better than trying to cut out, you know, big health, unhealthy behaviors like not eating fast food. Just start a little by little adding something healthy to what you're doing and stick with that one change until you've mastered it. 
and then continue with more changes. Yeah. Definitely. So I love what you just said. Yeah. Definitely. And you know what? Even with the fast food thing. So let's say you go to McDonald's every day, right? Next week, cut it down to five. You know, yes, we got that yes. cut it down to three. Like, and then this is something big that I always tell my clients. I said, find somewhere that it may not be quote unquote healthy, but it's better than what you're eating now. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Small change. Places that you actually enjoy the food. So mm-hmm. it maybe it's faster. It's here, you know, rush, you'll hurry, you work, you know, we're busy people. We got kids and all that stuff going on. Right. Right. But find somewhere where you're like, okay, I can pick up some healthy foods. You know, Chipotle might be an option sometime. And again, Chipotle might not be the healthiest thing in the world, but it's better than deep fried oh, chicken. I love Chipotle. Exactly. Chipotle <laughs> rocks. <laughs> right. Or, or, Pollo, or um, Pollo Tropical or, you know, Tropical Cafe. And, you know, just just makes gradual changes. So if you start to diminish how much you of the stuff that you that you don't need and then mm-hmm. start finding substitutes and just slowly, gradually start to make the changes, you'll be surprised what can happen. Exactly. That's so true. I love it. Now we've hit on some stuff that I was already planning to ask anyway. So let's get into it a little bit more. Right. So setting a big goal, because you talked about that, like setting that big goal of um, this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to accomplish it. And just that, you know, I interviewed on this show, Dr. Um, Glenn Livingston, he's a brilliant psychologist. And he mentioned something that character trumps willpower. And you mentioned willpower early, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning that if you're constantly focused on willing yourself through something instead of your values and your character, that Mm -hmm. makes a difference. Like why, when I realized that I need to fix my health, I didn't have to hit rock bottom. I'm the kind of person that if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it well. And I want to work on my health and I'm working well. That's a value thing. That's not a willpower thing. Mm -hmm. Now with setting goals, that's what happens a lot. Cause we're like, you know what? I want to look nice in my bikini for summer and boy shorts or, you know, I'm not, I'm not right. just picking on women because men wear bikinis too. I wear bikinis, I should let you know. <laughs> so, hey. you know, but, but you see what I'm going with this, right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about goal setting. Okay. How does setting a big goal impact your ability to lose weight? Well, okay. So in a lot of different ways. So first of all, if you've been a chronic dieter, like I was, um, you have had years upon years of experience failing. And so your confidence is at a low when you feel like, you know, I I can't, I just can't even lose 10 pounds. How am I going to go? How am I going to do anything big in my life? So gradually over time, your self-confidence starts to decrease and your identity and your vision of yourself starts to become more narrow and more small and limited. So especially when you're focused on what you look like, like what you just said about, I want to get into my bikini, your looks are not your potential, but we are just absolutely brainwashed to believe. And even men now too. I mean, with the women, I feel like we've been suffering with this for so many, I mean, hundreds of years, but lately, you know, from the eighties on seventies, eighties, we have been trained to believe that our looks are our value. And so when you don't measure up to the standard, it's just, it's something that really honestly never leaves my mind because I, I was so indoctrinated to believe that I had to have the perfect body. And so goals like I'm going to fit into these jeans or I'm going to have a bikini body or I'm going to, you know, have a six pack. These used to be my goals. And those are, those are not goals. Those are negative focused, um, 
surface goals that have nothing to do with what your potential is as a human being. And so the longer you're focused on that and dieting to get it and then failing, you're going to stay stuck as a person and you're going to waste your whole potential, you know, going after these things in your life. So when you switch from my goal is to do those things to let me set a bigger goal that has nothing to do with what I look like, that brings me joy, that challenges me and makes me get excited you know, um, I mean, it doesn't have to be climb Mount Everest, but like if you, your confidence is in the toilet and you think, you know, it might be fun to just sign up for a 5k or it might be fun to, you know, do some painting. Like I used to love to paint. Maybe my goal is to paint, you know, five pictures this month and like just to get creative and get excited about something that's just about you. That's about what you're capable of. All of that excitement, I mean, it sounds stupid, like, okay, I'm going to go paint some pictures and I'm going to lose weight. That's not what happens. But what happens is that <laughs> that you get joy back in your life. You're not focused on negative stuff. And like, I hate the way I look. I hate the way I look. You're focused on this brings me joy. I'm good at this. What else am I capable of? I ran a 5K. This is amazing. I can't believe I did that. This is what I did, actually, is I set a goal to run a 5K. I did. Then I did a 10K then a half marathon. And then I did a marathon. And I mean, I was like, I can't believe that I did that. And it just brought so much joy and energy and enthusiasm back into my life. And then coincidentally or not, that's when I started wanting to learn about my health. So I took a class at a university after work, a nutrition class. And then I kept going and going and got so excited. Um, I ended up switching careers and became a dietitian. So when you start moving away from this negative focus and how much you hate yourself and feeling like you, you know, you can't do anything and you're, you feel worthless, honestly. I mean, I'm not, I'm not overstating it. I don't think. Um, and then you start going over here in the other direction and setting these tiny goals and building on that. All of that energy spills over into your health. It makes you naturally, you will say, so first of all, if you're setting a big goal and you're going after it, you're too busy to be sitting on the couch eating ice cream. I mean, you might do it every once in a while, but you're not depressed. And like at the end of the day, I can't wait to just sit and do nothing. And I mean, those are behaviors and I engage in those behaviors. So I'm not criticizing anybody sitting down at the end of the day with a bottle of wine, sitting down with some ice cream and just saying, I'm just, you know, I'm over it. I, I feel down. I feel bad about myself. Why can't I, why am I doing this? Why can't I make progress? So when you're making progress in another area and seeing what your potential really is, those things become less appealing. So it's just a, it's a wonderful cycle. It takes time, but it just puts you in a creative mindset rather than a destructive mindset. I love it. I, oh, by the way, so before I comment, I just went on Google, right? Because I was like looking up male bikinis to make sure I was getting it right. And actually, I wear Speedos, not male bikinis. So I want to correct that. Okay. Right? I, I don't know if they're considered bikini or whatever, but I'm going to politically correct. I'm going to say Speedos. So we're all on the same page. Okay, right? good. Now put that Thank image. You. Thank you for clarifying that. You were I know, right? Now, now I'll put that image <laughs> in everybody's head. They're going to put it in the comment section or something. So, um, but yeah. So, but yeah, seriously, I I love I love your thought process on these things uh, because they're true. I have a close friend of mine who also listens to the show, and she she creons right, 
actually she says colors i can't say a crayon she will kill me she colors and that's her thing she colors and she talks about how coloring puts could put her in such a calm mode and it helps with her weight loss because a lot of people don't realize it's like i play the guitar right when i'm playing and i'm singing i'm having a good time guess what i'm activating my sympathetic i'm sorry my parasympathetic nervous system my rest and digest which is extremely important because that aids in fat oxidation and fat loss when we're always in a sympathetic state and a constant rush rush state like that then that aids in cravings and weight gain in so many different ways stress level go up cortisol goes up adrenaline goes up and so many things happen you're like i ate a style today why am i still gaining weight right because of you know the state that you're constantly because as human beings we're not designed to be in a sympathetic rush state consistently so i think you're definitely right having doing things that you love talk about food i i wouldn't say i'm an emotional eater but i would say that i'm a social eater right mm-hmm. so if i'm watching tv i like to have food that's my yeah. thing. so you know and it could be anything so my thing is to mitigate that you know what i do i play the guitar so i'm Absolutely. doing something right or in between what if i so sometimes i'll put the tv on mute if, especially i'm watching a game or something i need to hear the whole thing i just play a couple of songs i even do that in between when i'm eating so it helps me to eat slow See, so amazing like it's even as you're saying it's biologically connected setting your big goal can be a creative goal and that will biologically help you decrease cravings and metabolize your food better that's amazing it's yeah it all is connected it's all connected and those are the things that we are some of the things that we are absolutely missing is habit changing because when you start to change habits your whole life becomes different people used to people still look at me crazy when i tell them i when I'm playing, when I'm there's in the evenings when I'm reading, whatever, and I have my red light shining on me and it's great for my health. And it's even now some people look at me like, why should you do that? That's just whatever, whatever. I'm like, no, when you really want to take care of your health, you have habits like those, like, mm-hmm. you know, red light therapy and saunas and making sure you're hydrated and walking in the sun and grounding. That just becomes a whole life shift that yes. unless people are experiencing that, they they can't really understand it. Well, yeah. And it starts with one habit. Um, I talked about this actually in my blog post yesterday that you have a, you can have a keystone habit. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's like one habit that makes all of these other collateral habits easier to engage in. So like, for example, if you have a keystone habit of just, well, like to, I'll, I'll back into it we're always trying to like, I need to meditate to decrease my stress. I need to, you know, eat healthier. I need to cook more so I can eat healthier. I need to have some time management skills. So I have more time to actually cook and I need to work out. So if you just take the working out and focus on that and stick to something consistently, even if it's 10 minutes on the treadmill every morning or whatever it is, that one habit can be your keystone habit exercise decreases stress. You don't have to meditate necessarily. That's another add on, but I'm just saying you can take it out of your mind and eliminate the pressure, stress relief from exercise. Then also that stress relief, um, makes you more productive. It makes you, helps you get more done and you don't need to like do all these time management things. So you get more done. Then you have more time to maybe do some meal prep and cook, you know, cook for yourself or do healthy meals every night. So all I'm saying is, is like one big habit. If you just focus on that, 
it'll easily help you do the other ones instead of trying to force yourself to do all of these things at once and take on all that pressure and stress. So yeah, habits one at a time. And if you pick a keystone habit, um, that can really be very, very effective and helpful. I love that. It's it's your foundation, basically. Like I'm I'm a biohacker. People know I'm a biohacker, and I'm not getting into all that. But I've I've had people ask me before that like, what's a biohacker because they've heard of biohackers who use all these gadgets and you know do all these things is trying to whatever they're trying to improve. I have I've met people who they sit around drinking like a diet coke and you know their face is pimply and they're overweight and they're like I'm a biohacker. I'm like no 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 you're not. Don't, don't. <laughs> Don't, don't insult me in my community like that. You are not a biohacker. And I mentioned that because <laughs> they're just focused on so many things. Realize what's my king soul habit is improving my health. So if I'm drinking Diet Coke and I'm overweight and I have asthma, then I'm not improving my health. And that's what biohackers do. We hack our bodies to improve our health, right? So you I love Tim your Ferris's, thought. About- sorry to interrupt. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, go Tim ahead. Ferris, you know, the, um, the guy, the four-hour work week guy? Yes, um, I heard of him. Yeah, he's he is a, like, you would love his book, The Four-Hour Body. He's like hacking everything. It's a really cool book. But yeah, no, that's really fun. And now talk about books. In your book, you said it's not about weight. Please explain to my audience what that means. Yes, it is not about the weight. So what we're always doing is attacking the weight, trying to get rid of the weight. And then the weight keeps showing up for all the reasons we just talked about. Resistance on a diet, it pushes you to start binge eating and then you fail on the diet and on and on and on. So the weight is a symptom the weight is not the problem. The symptom, there are a lot of symptoms, but um, I mean, a lot of problems that create that symptom, but uh, one of them is binge eating. One of them is like the way that you eat. I always say it is supremely important, the foods that you put in your body. But if you're an emotional eater or a binge eater, like I was, it's much more important to change the way that you eat before you start trying, because you can keep manipulating all the foods in the menu, but if you don't change how you eat and what's pushing you to eat the way that you do, the weight's just gonna keep coming back. So weight is a symptom of the way that you eat. Weight is a symptom of the things that you're choosing to eat. My my choices were sugar and, you know, French fries, high fat foods, and also alcohol. So um, you have to ask yourself, why are you choosing these things? And sometimes the foods just do make you feel better because they're, they're, they're designed to make you feel better. They're designed to make you crave more. And that's a huge problem. But basically all I'm saying is, is that when you keep attacking a symptom of a problem and you're never addressing the problem, the symptoms just going to keep showing up. So I encourage people to really sit down and, and figure out why did you start eating the way that you eat? If you're a binge eater and an emotional eater, because one of the key things that women and men need to do is to release themselves from the shame of how they eat. I used to eat alone behind closed doors. I would get as much food as I could and I would binge eat. I would feel tremendous shame about that. Um, and then I would crash diet and lose all the weight. And then it would come back because I didn't change my eating behaviors. And then I felt shame about my body because of what I looked like. So you really have to just 
push all of this out of your mind, all of this insanity with dieting and like what, you know, high carb, low carb, all of these things that are important that like, let's get the noise out of the way and sit quietly and really just figure out why you started using food to make yourself feel better because there's a reason why you did and you're not a bad person. You're a beautiful human being that started using food to make yourself feel better, to self-medicate. And it's because you were probably a child and didn't have the resources or the know-how to sort through the things that were going on around you. That was for me. So now this is just for people who are eating emotionally. Um, it's not certainly for everybody, but that's what I mean when I say weight is a symptom. And the problem is the way that you eat. So then with that being said, let's talk about self-esteem. Because yeah. then how is then dieting related to women's self-esteem? Well, it wrecks our self-esteem <laughs> because we are low on self-esteem because we don't like the way that we look. And we're taught to believe that our bodies, if they're not perfect, are shameful. And um, it, our self-esteem is already low if we're focused on what we look like. And I don't know any woman who isn't. But then... Um, yeah, it's when you then you, you know, go on a diet, you crash diet, you fail, and then you feel like a failure. So that wrecks your self-esteem. So dieting 100 percent is I want I want people to stop thinking of dieting. I want like what it's a terrible word because there's diet like the diet that you follow. Then let's go on a diet so I wish we had another word for it, but you need to do think about your overall diet. Like it doesn't have to be for the next six weeks, you go on a diet and you, you know, you don't eat anything that you normally do. And then you go right back to what you were doing. It's every, every day is one step forward for the rest of your life. So every day, just try to, you know, do the best that you can today. Learn about health, learn about nutrition. You don't need, listen, I'm a dietitian, but you don't need to listen to me. I, truly nothing that I know is not anything you cannot find on the internet if you go look for it. I mean, I can help people because I've got it constantly in my head and I can talk to you about it. But anyway, I feel like I just went down a rabbit, a rabbit hole, but self-esteem is um, build it back up by taking proactive steps and empowering yourself because you can do more than you think you can. You can learn about nutrition and health. You can learn about how food affects your body. You can make changes. You can change your habits and you can change your thoughts. It's just a step-by-step day-by-day process. You have to let go of this next week, next month mentality and just accept that I'm a beautiful human being and every day I can take steps to be better and get better and become, reach my fullest potential. So if you're dieting, you're never going to do that because you're just going to be stuck in this loop of I'm fat. I need to lose weight. I'm going to diet. I'm going to use my willpower, crash diet, fail, and then you're stuck. So yeah, don't diet. Quit dieting is what I have to say to everybody. <laughs> That's I agree my advice. with you. I want to <laughs> mention two things about I'll touch on two things here because dieting, since we're kind of using that word over and over and over again. So if you're an athlete, you go on a diet, you have to, right? If you're training for something specific, you have to eat a certain diet based on how you train for whatever you're doing. 
Right. Here's why I, I watch a lot of sports. Sometimes I see like NFL players and stuff like I dieted this year and I'm in the best shape of my life. And I'm like, you, that's supposed to impress me. That's what you pay millions of dollars to do. You know? <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of health. That's great. <laughs> right. That's what you're supposed to be doing. That doesn't impress me at all. But that's what, you know, that's what they do. You diet for what you're trying to accomplish. But mm-hmm. for the general public, you don't need to go on a diet. You need to change your lifestyle exactly. because you're not, any diet, even for an athlete, is a short term thing. And then the issues that we try these diets that other people have had success on who may or may not know what they're doing and doesn't work for us. And we're like, keto is bad. Paleo is bad vegetarianism is bad and we just keep talking about no no no. the problem may not even be what the diet is the problem is you don't have enough knowledge and then your approach like you said earlier to it and that's why i always have stressed so many times on this show especially if you're stuck work with an expert with a health coach with a registered dietitian because yes you can go out there and google all you want but you can find the good and the bad and you won't know which one is which you won't know you know when to do what and, I probably you know, shouldn't have said that. I didn't mean to make it sound like I like all uh, health professionals like you and me have no knowledge and that we're we're not <laughs> we serve no purpose. I just mean that like I want to see people take charge of their health and like not just say I don't know what to do. Tell me what to eat. And I want to say. I don't, you don't need me to tell you what to eat because pretty much we all know what to eat. It's not some big mystery. I mean, stay in the produce section, eat, you know, tons of fruits and vegetables. And then it drives me crazy when we are always like splitting hairs with like every nutrient. And it's like, I mean, professional athletes are people who really are fine tuning their health and they they're already healthy, but they're just trying to fine tune things. That's different. But like for the average person like me, I don't like seeing people saying, well, what about, you know, what about selenium? And what about, I'm like, let's don't talk about that. Let's talk about your eating habits. And then we'll work our way into individual nutrients and like carbs. I mean, we all know good carbs, bad carbs. We, it's a lot of it is common sense. And I just feel like we're losing that because we're all so, we're so inundated with all of this information that is conflicting that it is hard. And I get when people are like, tell me what you think, tell me what to eat. And I just want us to all sort of step back and reclaim our, um, our autonomy and our ability to actually go investigate. Because once you take charge, it's like, it gives you that feeling of power of like, I can figure this out, you know, and instead of feeling passive and like desperate. Does that make sense? That makes a hundred percent. That makes a whole lot of sense. I've, I've, my clients, they have a thing with me. They love to ask me what to do next. And my answer is usually the same. So how do you feel? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. Like I've had clients say to me, you know what? I think I'm eating too much cheese. And I say, okay, why do you feel like eating too much cheese? But I'm doing this. And I say, okay, are you, how much vegetables are you eating? How much of this? How much of that? And he's like, oh, you know what? I didn't think about that. And now I have clients who email, they text me, right? They're like, hey, I saw this study. I didn't realize I wasn't getting enough potassium. Because they started to like take control of their lives and they started to read stuff. And they're like, That's oh my gosh. Even, I know, and, and they usually preface, preface it by saying, I know you said this to me over and over and over again, but this actually <laughs> makes sense. And I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Listen to the experts. But see, right? like, 
they had to go investigate it. And then it's like, okay, now I get it. Cause yeah, like if you're just sitting there listening to, it's like my kids when they're, they, they're homeschooling now, but they were in school in a classroom and they're like, I'm just sitting there. It's so boring. And so now that they're homeschooling, it's like, they have to go and find information. And when you do that, it sticks better, you know, in your head. So a lot better. I agree. Yeah. And with that being said, everyone, we're coming up to the hacker episode. We're going to talk about the environment. You know me. And also, yes, you do know me. So I'm going to have to talk to you about something. I'm going to talk to you about one of my favorite supplements, and it's monolaurin. See, monolaurin is derived from lauric acid, which is found naturally in coconut oil and human breast milk. And I have a dietitian right here, so I know she agrees with me. See, monolaurin has been researched for its potential to inactivate certain viruses, bacteria, yeast, and other microbes in vitro, means in lab, and in vivo in the body. See, research shows that monolaurin is many times more effective than just lauric acid at killing viruses and bacteria. I really like this research, and I always put this when I talk about monolaurin. As a team of scientists in 2019, they fed mice a high-fat diet and gave some of the mice monolaurin as a supplement, so with different groups. After 10 weeks, they found that not only did the monolaurin prevent visceral fat buildup, that nasty, disgusting fat about our stomach that we just need to get rid of, right? But it also aided in the balancing of gut bacteria, increasing the beneficial gut bacteria, while reducing harmful bacteria such as E. coli. And this rebalancing of our gut, which again, I have a dietitian here, we're talking about the actual sickness, which having a poor gut environment is a sickness that causes symptoms like acne, weight gain, chronic inflammation, oxidative stress, so on and so forth, right? However, taking monodone can help with that rebalancing in your gut, which can help your health as well. In fact, as the coldest months is coming up in the US, I like to use, I use it even more during that time because you know, that when viruses and, and um, you know, the flu and stuff and stuff go around and I like to keep my gut healthy because the healthier I keep my gut, the better my immune system can work. So with that being said, the website is naturalcurlabs.com and use code Zico Health to get 10% off their Manaloan products. And of course, the link will be in the show notes and in the description of the episode. And with that being said, nine for the hack of the day. So can tell us about the importance of environment in losing weight? Yeah, definitely. Well, I think what most people don't realize is that the environment that they're in is pushing them every single day to take actions. And you're just not aware that that's what's happening. But most importantly is that you're so used to seeing what's around you that you can't identify um, necessarily the things that should be fixed that could help you make me, you know, take different actions. So I see a lot of people who are like, I just can't stop eating candy. And then I go in the kitchen and there's like candy and, and sweets and things sitting out on the counter. And it's like, okay, with one small environmental change, putting that candy in a drawer, like in a container where it's harder to get to, um, can actually help you make the change that you're trying to make. So I focus on the kitchen mostly with my clients because I'm you know, talking about eating and I'm a dietitian, but I could walk into most people's kitchen and immediately identify, 
you know, five to 10 things that they could change that would make such a drastic difference in their choices. And so instead of blaming themselves, like I have no self-control, it's like, well, why don't you make these few changes? Because your environment is literally pushing you to do everything that you do, good and bad. Um, So I help my clients organize their kitchens and get them completely set up for success at being eating healthy and that will help you naturally um, lose weight by making these healthier choices. So I have a guide. It's a free guide that you can get on my website and it's called your ultimate weight loss kitchen. Um, so people, if they want to go to my website, it's the, it's the email opt-in offer. You just enter your email address and then you'll get that free guide. But yeah, your environment is super important and it sounds obvious like, oh, okay, well, if I keep water on the kitchen counter, I'll probably drink more. And it is obvious, but we just don't keep that in mind. And every day our environments are mostly sabotaging everything that we're trying to do positive. Follow-up question, talking about environment, right? So what roles would you say people in your life play in that environment? Oh, Lord, that's a good question. And it's a tough one because because there are a lot of people in your environment. There's at least a few that are probably not helping you very much. And that's hard because some of those people might be family members. I mean, I don't know if anyone is surrounded by people who are like totally positive all the time and supporting you and all of your goals and everything. but yeah, it's very worthwhile to investigate the, you know, the people you have in your social circle. There are some people that I've had to not, I don't cut people out, but like, I know that I have certain friends that I can only spend a little bit of time with. And, you know, like I would find myself on the phone with someone who's wants to talk about politics and wants to talk about, you know, tragedies that are happening around the world. And I would hang up and be like, I feel like shit. I don't know why <laughs> sat on the phone with her for an hour. So you just have to learn how to manage that. And another thing that's really important is managing the information that you're filtering through your brain. Um, And we're all guilty of it, but watching negative, destructive news, um, you know, watching television shows that are, you know, depressing and like watching a Netflix documentary about serial killers, nothing is more fun to me. But then after I do it, I'm like, why did I watch that? I've, you know, so reading books, you want to, you want to put things into your brain that inspire you to make the changes that you want to make, read inspiring books that help you set and achieve the goals that you want to achieve. Um, definitely books about health. That's super important. So yeah, all of that is important. Those are all in your environment. It's not just, you know, the books on your counter or what do you, what you see on your counter. It's literally everything. People who are always positive, they kind of make me second guess things, to be honest. Like, you know, are you telling (laughs) me the truth? And honestly, when I rise to power, those people are going to be fumigated. So that's... (laughs) But I get it. Being a podcast, I get in trouble all the time because I say things on my show today. People say to me, you can't say this. You can't say that. Oh, well, shoot. We need I to have another you. episode. I want to hear what you're not supposed to say. I love that. <laughs> I, I said what, whatever comes to my brain. I don't really curse a lot. That's not really my thing, as you can tell how I talk. But yeah. you know, I just say this random stuff. I watch a lot of cartoons and I say cartoons like Big City Green, Phineas and Ferb. Like, I like, I love that kind of stuff. I had a great childhood and it just reminds me of my childhood. That's why as you're talking, you see me, I'm smiling the whole time. Like, I just, I'm not sure like that, right? But that's because of the stuff that I feed into my brain. 
that yeah. helps me to be like that. I listening to music, playing music, like all those things oh, yeah. help me to be a positive person. Now, again, I'm not really positive all the time. I'm more of a realist, an opportunist, but I more I would say 60 to 70%, if I have to put a number on it, of what I do is really more positive, if not even more, right? Yeah, that's great. But I try to stay balanced. The flip side to that is I've had friends who I, I talk, I'm talking to them about health and what one of my friends the other day texted me and he said, you ever thought about the moon landing? Or what do you think about the moon landing? So I don't know. Didn't Neil Armstrong do that or something? He's like, well, he started going to the whole theory about the moon landing and stuff. And I was working out and I texted him back and I said, you have too much time on your hands. Because <laughs> right? I said, like, I focus on what I can control. Like me, yeah. whether the moon landing is true or false, I can't control any of that. I am with you on that. Like I, my heart breaks. I, I can't even hear about some of the stuff, you know, animal suffering, cruel, all of that. I don't need to know about all of that that's happening. I really do believe that every interaction we have with other people all day long goes so much more of a long way than to inundate yourself with news and debate and, you know, voting. That's amazing. But it's like, we, I think we underestimate the power that we have when we're walking around all day to smile at people, to genuinely say something that shows that you care. I think those things really do make a huge impact. So I, I don't watch the news and I get you know, some of my friends like say, well, don't you want to be informed? I'm like, I don't want to be informed about that stuff that, you know, negative stuff that's horrible. I want to do my part, but I have to preserve my own sanity and my own peace of mind and my own positive attitude so that I could use it in a good way rather than bringing myself down. All I want to do is there, here we go, sit on the couch and watch Netflix I, I it makes you not even want to like go out of your house to hear the news tell it you know what I mean so yeah and almost everyone that I know who was healthy or focuses on their health doesn't really watch the news it's interesting so when COVID was happening and I'll get people come to me all the time and they'll freak me out with the numbers they're like this and that and so many people are dying and all that stuff I'm like okay and they're like protect yourself and don't talk to people and don't touch things and I'm like, okay so I'm just gonna fly around all day apparently but at the same time, the, check this out. And you, you being a CDC writer, it's interesting. The CDC has posted data on how many people who were hospitalized or died from COVID who had underlying health issues. And I know it was over 95%. The CDC has an article on epigenetics and how epigenetics improve the importance of epigenetics for your health, lifestyle changes, right? And mm-hmm. they even went as far as saying that it, the evidence is showing, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that evidence is showing that epigenetics may have a bigger impact than your genetics when it comes to your health, right? So this that's yeah. how they know. now this is the thing. I read that and I look at that and I say, okay, that's information I can take and improve my life. Yeah. Freak, freaking out because a hundred people died yesterday. Okay, I'm really I'm not trying to downplay that and try to be heartless. No, sure. Freaking out about that is not gonna help me change my life and change your life. That's exactly right. And all of the, yeah, I'm with you 1000%. I want to do, I want to, whatever I can control in my life, whatever I can do to make something better. That's what I want to do. Hearing about everything traumatic that happened during COVID. We know about it. I don't need to 
I just don't want to inundate myself with that. But yeah, we did our part wearing masks, keeping, you know, six feet apart and all of that. And then, yeah, what can I do to improve my quality of life and my chances of, you know, surviving that? Um, that's a very positive thing. And yeah, you know, reading stories about the tragedies doesn't really help anybody. You know, it's not it doesn't exactly. Help me. Yeah. You know, that, now take 9-11, and now we're kind of getting off of the tangent here, but I want to talk about this a little bit. Like 9-11, right? 9-11 just passed. That's, yes, that was something that very bad had happened. But if you even listen to the stories after it, that even when you I watch football and they talk about it, they talk about you, you know, uniting ourselves as Americans and being and citizens and working hard and, you know, taking that situation. You can take 9-11 by, oh, my God, other people died and all that stuff. But you can take that same situation, your reaction to it is, well, that happened. But what are we going to do next Yes, absolutely. to make ourselves better? And that's the same approach you need to take with your health. That's exactly right. I 100% agree. How, because, you know, bad things happen, but how are we going to use what happened to make things better for the future? Yeah, exactly. And with that being said, let my audience know, how can they get in touch with you and learn more about your work? Yeah, my website is Camille Martin RD. So that's for a registered dietitian, Camille Martin RD.com. And then all of my social media handles are on that website page. Um, and I have my book that you can buy off of my webpage on my shop page. And um, yeah, that's really it. And my email is on there too. So if anybody ever has any questions about anything, I'm here for you. Email me anytime or message me, hit me up on um, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And I'm, I love to help people. I love to answer questions and yeah. So I look forward to hearing from people. If, if, if I can help, I'm, I want to do it and I'm here to do that. Awesome. And everyone look out on my Instagram. May, I don't know, maybe in a few weeks or so that I'll put a, uh, I'll do a like, a, like a summary or a rating on our book and kind of talk about it on my Instagram a little bit. Of course, oh, my audience you. know my Instagram is Zico Health. But in, but yeah, the show notes are going to be ZicoHealth.com slash uh, Camille Martin. And of course, so the, the show notes will be in the description of the episode. So you can click on it, get to learn more about her and also purchase her book as needed. But thank you, Camille, for being here. I think this was a fantastic conversation and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. I agree. Thank you for having me, Zico.